This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life Made Better. Thank you for joining us one more week. And thank you to Brian McGee, today's guest, for joining us. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. <laughs> so Brian comes from a background in sales, most recently general sales manager at iHeartMedia in Chicago. His passion lies in recruiting, coaching, training, developing and guiding sales teams, and then watching them with pride as they shine. He works to galvanize a team and change the culture through a very positive, inclusive leadership style that tends to bring the best out of the people he works with. The story how we came to meet Brian is quite an interesting one. Is one of those seeds that the universe plants your way, I like to think. He and I met on a training course from Simon Sinek's team as we were curious to explore further the find your why. And we were much to work together. What we found in this course was that we were not only getting along very well, but our journeys were bizarrely very similar. So just to give you a few snippets, in talking, we realized that we both had lost our fathers at a very early age, three months old. We worked in marketing for entertainment companies. We were born in the same day. <laughs> um, and we both had a passion for coaching and helping others, a passion that Brian not only puts to practice in his corporate role, but also in his personal life, as he has also been a foster parent to six children. So you can see why we needed to have Brian with us today. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Brian, no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> Welcome to Life Made Better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My life's already better, just having uh, the opportunity to talk to the two of you. <laughs> That's lovely. So, Brian, I'm sure our listeners will be eager to hear about your journey, a bit more about you and, and you know, how you came to be where you are today. Oh, it's, it's quite a story. But what I will say is about the way that you and I met, I almost believe no one would believe the story, right? Because in the space of uh, maybe an hour and a half, we found so many similarities and it was just amazing that we were paired together in a, a, a class that maybe 50 or 60 people were taking. I decided at the very last minute to sign up for that course. I think I maybe mentioned that to you. I had no intention of taking the course in the morning. I was just scrolling through LinkedIn. And I saw, oh, find your why. This is going to be great. It was an impulsive decision. And when I signed up for the course, I didn't even realize that it was going to be, you know, a video. Course. I thought it was maybe going to be an audio course or a webinar that I could just watch, you know, in my pajamas. I quickly found that I was going to be on camera. <laughs> um, so I was not looking my best. Uh, but I also, <laughs> um, so now I, I was a little bit apprehensive about who I would be paired with. And Lucy and I, within seconds, just uh, we connected, you know, and I thought there's no one in this room that they could have paired me with that would have been more perfect. We had so much in common. We kept finding things that we had in common. And eventually I had to stop her one time. And I was like, wait a minute. Did you say you lost your dad at three months old? And I was like, that happened to me as well. So 
and and of course we were born on the same day. There's so many things that were serendipitous at best. So I asked a little bit about my journey. And, and I think it's important to say that, you know, you don't even realize you're on your journey most of the time. You don't realize when your journey starts. There's no, there's no day where you go, okay, my journey starts today. But you look back and you find that, wow, that thing that happened, it, it was maybe not even a positive thing. That thing that happened was really the start of something that transformed the path that I was on. And it made me go in a different direction, or it gave me a little bit more inspiration to walk down that path a little more quickly. And in my case, it was actually a different path. And it it did start when I became sort of a foster parent figure. I was dating a woman who was a foster parent to many small children. And I had never, I've never had children of my own. I'd never dated anyone with children. So it was interesting. You know, it's a little bit fun to play the role a little bit for the first time. But slowly I started to realize impact, you know, that you can impact these small people with things that you do and they start to copy you. They start to imitate you. And then you realize, oh, the things that I do matter because someone else is going to do those same things or (laughs) they think it's cool. They think it's that is what they are supposed to do. At this time, let me just say that in my professional life, I was not a leader. I was not a coach. I was not a manager. I was I was just a guy with a job. So I did not realize what this was setting me up for. But I think for me, it all started with that impact that I saw on these children. So fast forward uh, several years later, fostered many children and ended up um, going through the adoption process with four of them. And she also had two daughters that we were raising at the same time. So we had, at one point, we had a house with six children. Wow. Um, Brave. Never a dull moment, I'm sure. (laughs) Never a dull moment, no. There are stories. But we we called it organized chaos, is what it was. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that actually had a huge impact on me because my ability to simplify things came from having a household where six children and two adults were all moving in different directions and everybody wanted something different at a different time. And so, you know, the concept, if you fast forward to where I am now, the concept of shared mission is something I learned at home, not even in the office. It it was not something that I learned, you know, in a class or anything. I learned it at home, how to get everyone on the same page, how to make sure that we we all needed to get out the door at the same time. to give everyone an incentive to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, we we had to organize everything. At one point, we lived in a house that had a single full bath. So everyone had to have bath times. Half of us had to bathe and shower at night, half in the morning. Everybody was allowed, you know, 20 minutes in the bathroom to get ready. And of course, with four girls and two boys, (laughs) it was a challenge. (laughs) But... You know, these are things that I I didn't realize at the the time were part of my journey. Uh, So for me, the journey began as a co-parent and it just naturally turned into a role as a coach and a sales manager and, and what I do in my professional life. So I don't think that we always realize how much similarity there is in our personal life and what we do for a living. Well, the one can make you so much better at the other. Mm. 
That's beautiful. And I, I love the fact that you were brave enough to take on the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a teacher for 20 years. So I know it's not a, not an easy challenge and I have three kids of my own as well. So the fact that you're even brave enough to take on that challenge, uh, true admiration for you <laughs> and your partner because it isn't easy and it isn't easy as well when you're taking them on from other people when they've already had little lives of their own and little challenges of their own as well so it's, it's not an, an easy journey for everyone but I can even feel your kind of energy and kindness and I, and I know that filters out to children and, and like you said they start copying you don't they? <laughs> oh they do, they do, good and bad. Um, yeah, good and bad. And also that they, how much influence we do have actually on mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so true. My son, my oldest son, Malachi, who is, uh, he's now 21, but when he was just a small, small child, we noticed that he was doing things with his left hand a lot. And we thought, oh, he's trying to be like his dad because I was the only left-handed person in the house. And we, as he got older, we realized, no, he's, he's left-handed. He's actually, that is, you know, it's funny. I know this is an audio podcast, but if I could show you a picture, he even favors me in how we look. So when I first brought him around, you know, to church with me and things like that, you know, people thought they would have whispered and they'd say, you know, I think Brian had a child and <laughs> I had hit it for a while. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you had to, I, I had to make it very clear that he was our foster child and not my biological child because he looked that much like me when he was about two or three years old. So. Wow. Yeah. That ability to adapt as well is mm-hmm. yeah, very strong, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I can imagine as well that that started shaping you to be more inspired and motivated. It did. did. And I remember the moment, there's always a moment when you look back where you think that could be the moment that was most important for me. It's a story that I don't share very often, but I shared it with individuals on my team. And the last time I shared it, I got a little bit choked up. So I don't want to I don't want this conversation to end that way. <laughs> we love any um, any real humanness. We're happy for. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was involving my son, my son Malachi, when he was uh, five or six years old. I think he was in first grade, and he was in a school. We were living in a small town, and at this time, I was working a full time independent job as a contractor. It was not paying very much money. We had a lot of time together as a family, but we did not have a lot of money. And at that time, uh, Malachi was, he was such a positive kid. He's always been such a, the most optimistic person I, I know. Just a good, great kid. He lights up the room. Every teacher he's ever had has loved, just fell in love with him. He was supposed to be going with his class to the zoo on a field trip. And at this time, they had sent notes home after school with his papers. And, you know, on this day, they're going to be going to the zoo. And it was a big deal. The zoo was we lived in a small town and the zoo was in the big city. So they were going to go to the zoo and every kid needed to have a lunch and they needed to have twelve dollars for admission into the zoo. And I knew about that. And it was a source of stress because with that many children, there was always something and there was always things that would cost money and everything. So the day came for the trip and I did not have the money 
the $12 to send with him to school. And because of pride, I didn't want to tell them that. So I, I called and told them that he wasn't feeling well and that he would be staying home that day. And I remember looking at him and telling him that he wasn't going to be able to go to the zoo. And it broke my heart. It, it broke. <laughs> when I say it broke my heart, I, here's this kid that was so happy. He'd been planning and for so long to go to the zoo with his class. And his class wanted him to go so bad. The teacher, when I called the office to tell them he wouldn't be there that day, the teacher called me back and said, Malachi is the most popular kid in the class. He has to go. <laughs> is he really, really sick? And I said, well, yeah, he doesn't feel well. And I think she knew mm. something. I think she knew there was something. She said, you know, I've packed lunches for all the kids, so he doesn't need a lunch. And I said, oh, so he just needs the $12. She said, well, no, you can pay the $12 anytime. We'll cover him. But we really, really just want Malachi to go. He's His friends are just so excited to go. And, and I know this is a big deal for Malachi. So if there's any way. And so I I was able to go back and, and get him dressed and, and drive him over to the school and dropped him off. And I waited and watched as he got on the bus. He was so excited. And I thought I made the right decision there. He's able to go with his friends. But that day, that day is when I decided I will never again not have $12. There will never, never be a day where I don't have $12. And so for years, and that was, you know, that must have been, you know, 16, 16 years ago. For many years, I've carried around $12 in cash in the, in the back of my wallet just to remind me um, what it was like. And I, I've never, I still get goosebumps when I talk about it because it, it was such a moment where I decided that my life would be about helping other people. And it started with me transforming the way that I think about myself mm -hmm. and focusing that energy into making life better for somebody else, which is also why I love the name of your podcast so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us, Brian, and being so open and vulnerable about it. I, I mean, you were saying you've got goosebumps. I know that our listeners can't see it. <laughs> My both arms are like on fire. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, what I love hearing about it, and we frequently hear it backwards, don't we? Is like, mm -hmm. on the one hand, is that saying that we always hear, it takes a village, and it yeah. really does take mm -hmm. a village. And I think as adults, the more we grow up, the more we tend to believe that we've got to do it all, and we've got to do it perfectly mm -hmm. and in our own, and that is not the reality. And I think your story just showcased the fact that there are people out there willing to help out. And mm -hmm. with that open heart and that open mind and, and willing to give if you're willing to receive. And I think that's something that we normally think is not going to happen. So I really love hearing that within your story. But I also love the fact how this is these moments and quite normally are those tiny little moments in time that somebody else will brush over that, will be like, well, I don't have the $12. That's the end right. of it. But actually that became your mission. 
that became the turning point for you where from that day on, you decided that that was uh-huh. it, that you were going to not have to go through the pain of not having $12 again, but also take it upon yourself to help others, which by the way, you were already doing. <laughs> yeah. But I just, with the children. Right, right. <laughs> but I just, I just love hearing those things or how when we stripe ourselves from that those layers of I have to be, I should, and embrace who we are and embrace the reality of what it is and become vulnerable, then uh-huh. as Paulo Coelho will say, the universe conspires to help us achieve that dream. I, I think that's so true. And, you know, vulnerability is a word that I use a lot in, in my conversations with other managers and other coaches. I think if you can't find that moment where you become vulnerable to the people that you lead, you never really get them. They never really follow you the same until they, they've seen your vulnerability on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think I mentioned I've, I've shared that particular story with some people on my team. And those people are my fiercest supporters. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it has to be natural. Right? You can't just decide, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable today and show everybody that I was vulnerable. I think those moments have to happen you know, naturally where they share a little something with you. And then I think maybe the, the right time comes where you share something with them. It will happen. It, inevitably, it will happen at some point. But I've noticed that those people that know that story about the $12, they have become my biggest champions. And, and I've coached many teams and I can think of very specific people who, who know that story and uh, brought us both to tears telling it. And people who've met my son, then the first thing they think when they see him is, oh my gosh, you're the one, you're the kid. Um, so it, it's, uh, to me, you're right. Vulnerability is so important. And I think you always think of a leader being someone who has no fear, who has no no weaknesses and things. But I think authenticity comes from being able to to show the human side of, mm-hmm. of you because uh, the best advice I ever got, I know that's a question you like to ask on the podcast. I've heard, <laughs> heard, heard you ask other people this. And I would say the best advice I was given was from a guy who uh, was a good friend of our family, he, uh, was a member of our church, um, Joseph Garnett, who was one of the first really successful business people that I looked up to when I was growing up. I knew he worked, I had a really good job and I knew that he had a really nice house and this, was having a lot of success in his career. So he was somebody I already always looked up to. As I got older and started my career, uh, my first job as a manager, I remember telling him, you know, that I was going to be moving because I got a promotion. I was going to be a manager. And I said, do you have any advice for me? He said, you know, never forget that you lead people. And I said, oh, that's some great advice. And I thought, wow, that's a really neat thing to say. He's never forget that you lead people. I didn't realize how good that advice was at the time. As I've been managing and managing, and here I'm now almost 10 years in as a coach and as a manager, boy, was that some great advice. Um, (laughs) It has taken on new meaning, right? I'll share a story, an example of that. Last year in in March, something happened, you know, across the world. We we went into a never-before-seen pandemic. 
and is leading a team of salespeople who are generally focused on the revenue and their numbers and how much money I'm going to earn and I'm hitting my target. And I have conversations with them individually and as a team every week. I you know, dial in with one of them and, and we, we do these sessions where we talk about their business and, you know, what's going on. It's kind of our focus meeting, our directional meeting for the week. Yeah, and I always try to have these meetings at the beginning of the week and I have one with each one of the people. It's a very busy day or two for me, but when COVID hit, and this was just instinctive, no one told me to do this. It was just something I decided to do. I sent them all in a group email and just said, you know, this week our one-on-ones will be different. We're not going to talk about your business or your revenue or your pipeline. You're not going to hear any of those words. I just want to talk. And each one of them, we went over our allotted time, each one of us just talking about how how this was impacting their life. Some of them had kids at home. Some of them were afraid for their parents. Some of them, one of them had a parent who was uh, had tested positive and was very afraid. All we were hearing was how many people were dying every day. So this was such a weird time to be in. And there was a fear and a panic. But what I found is that that conversation, that one, some of them had been on my team for years, but that conversation transformed our relationship because we were both humans without the focus being on how much money we were going to, to generate or what it was expected of them. It was just a conversation, a chance for me to be empathetic, to ask them, what do you need? Do you need anything? Is there, do you have toilet paper? Do you have, do you have disinfectant? Do you, do you have masks? I mean, are there things that you need that I can help, you know, some of the people on the team have an excess. That conversation was probably the most productive conversation I've had with some of them. And these are people who generate millions of dollars in revenue every year, but they, they've never had a manager just talk to them about life. Mm. And I immediately thought of that advice that Joseph gave me years and years ago. Never forget that you lead people. And, and mm. I was like, ah, that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. And that's a story that I, I share just because it's the perfect example of, uh, and Lucy and I talked about this, it's just, you know, for me, everyone has to have their superpower, right? Everyone has that thing that they do better they're naturally inclined to do. And I just think connecting with people is something that has made me a better leader. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better son. It's made me a better friend. All of those things, just being able to connect with people with empathy. And, and Lucia helped me bring that out. Well. So I'll give you some credit for that. Um, I just I just tied the, the, the dots for you. I just, you know. That's the only thing I did. But I'm loving hearing that. And I think that is the message that we all need to hear right now more than ever. It's all about connecting, is taking off the mask and understanding that after all, we're just human beings and we're just crossing our paths in this moment in time of our lives in this place mm-hmm. called Earth. Yeah. And if we happen to be together in this point of time and in this very place, why not try and make it better for each other? Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's so true. You said it perfectly. <laughs> We're all here together. And, you know, finding uh, what we have in common is so easy, but so often we choose to do the opposite. You know, the first thing we think about is what, what makes us different. And, and yes, it's important to celebrate our differences and, and what makes us unique. But 
if you can't find the common ground, you've missed that opportunity to connect. You've missed it. And, you know, these are very polarizing times politically. And, and you know, there are things going on. I'm sure you read the news. There are things going on, you know, right now where you, we seem like we're forced to take one side or the other. And for a person like me, it's very hard because I like to I like to debate and I like to give my opinion on, you know, some of these things are very controversial subjects. But I also like to hear why people disagree. And I think, again, some great advice that I read recently was how you can disagree with with dignity and with grace. And you can say, here's my problem with that rather than you're wrong or here's where I disagree with you. Here's my problem with that is a phrase that I've incorporated into my everyday just because it does a couple of things. It, it gives you a chance to state an opposite opinion, but it also tells them my problem is not with you. Mm-hmm. My problem is with something that you said. You and I probably have a lot in common, but here's my problem with that. And so that's that's a phrase that I, I heard it and I wrote it down. And I've tried to use it every single day when I'm talking about things that I know could be controversial or um, political discourse, which again, there's a school of thought that we should just stay away from those subjects, right? Stay away from them and never talk about them in, in our business and everything. And I understand that. But I also think that it is a chance to learn from people who disagree with us. And if you only talk to people you agree with about things you agree with, how can you grow? Mm-hmm. Your perception is very narrow, isn't it? If you don't understand the whole picture. That's the beauty of meeting people that don't have the same values, beliefs, the same upbringing, the same challenges. You, this mm-hmm. is why we love talking to people on this podcast, because we all can learn <laughs> something from each other if we're prepared to listen. Yes. Yeah. Listening is is uh, is such a key and, and being able to challenge ourselves, push ourselves to be better, to do better and, and understand the perspective that other people have that we don't. We all have a unique perspective. And if I can learn a little bit about yours, it just makes me that much smarter. Yeah, and build each other up. It doesn't have to be one, like you said, it doesn't have to be one against the other. It's about learning from each other and and building each other up, isn't it? And all rising each other. We don't have to be (laughs) fighting each other. We can actually help each other. And I loved what you said earlier, you know, when you had that turning point in your life, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how that gave you it sounded to me, if I'm right, that it gave you the courage to step up and go, okay, I can be a manager. I can be a leader. I have more in me and I don't have to believe that I don't. I can believe that I do and I'm going to have a go. And that's what you did. Am I hearing that right? You heard it perfectly. I have a phrase that I wrote down that I definitely wanted to work into the conversation because it's kind of what I live by. For me, the most important thing has been accepting the fact that great things will happen and that I deserve those things. It's, it sounds easier than it is. You, you have to accept that, that, that good things will happen, being optimistic, being able to see the positive in everything. The second part is harder, just being able to say, yeah, I deserve that. I deserve this. Because if you ask people, you know, what do you want out of life or what would be great? And they'll say, oh, $10 million, you know, a billion dollars. Great. Do you deserve that? (laughs) Most of us, if we're being honest, would probably say, no, I I probably don't deserve a billion dollars. 
But I think when you can when you can accept the fact that these things are going to happen and that you deserve those things, then you start to aggressively pursue them in a methodical way that you are going to get them. But you never really get anything that you don't feel you really deserve. So in that, when I'm coaching people, whether it's in sales or business or whatever it is, the hardest concept is to get them to accept the fact that they deserve exactly the success that they are envisioning. And that, that is the hardest part, I think, because, you know, it's very easy. I think we all think we we do and that we are open to receiving, but the reality is we don't. And I and it's not like a million dollars, as you were just saying. It's the fact that, like, you know, you pay a compliment to somebody. So you're like, well, your hair looks really nice today. And they're like, oh, wow. it's, you know, it's just straight out wow. of bed. I did nothing. Like quite quickly we dismiss it. And it's like, yeah. Just accept it. You're looking particularly nice today. That's fine. Walk with it. Accept it. Own it. And that's it. You don't even have to respond if you don't want to. But if we are finding trouble believing that we are deserving of a compliment, let alone thinking, opening up to all the very many gifts and beautiful things that life has to offer. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how are you going to do that? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a great example, too. Uh, we're all terrible at taking compliments sometimes, right? We have to minimize them or the hardest thing is just to just to simply say thank you. And, and sometimes we try to return the compliment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> deflect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deflect it right back to the person. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so important to be able to accept and, and know that you deserve you know, those compliments or whatever the success is that you want, um, you have to really, really believe it. Yeah, because once you believe it, you put the work in, don't you? That's where the energy goes and that's where it grows. So you have to have that belief. I think it's so important. And like you said, we meet so many clients that don't believe that they're worth it right? or they're, or they're enough to achieve what they want to achieve. And they're so more than enough. They're just focusing on one small area, which yeah. they believe is negative but actually there's so many things that they have that they could use for their best Mm -hmm. benefit but that just one negative thought or something that happened is holding them back which is for me being a teacher for 20 years and you know when you're talking about your, your little boy and you know I saw so much potential and possibility and you know that everything's possible from children and then when I saw them when they're older, how life had got in the way or how their thoughts and actions had got in the way, I found that really sad. And that's what pushed me into coaching. I wanted to get that that feeling back that kids have back to adults because, you know, we all have so much potential. And I feel that when people are happy and in their in their flow, they can make other people happy. And I can see that in you now, Brian, that you're you're now <laughs> in your flow. <laughs> and that's spreading. <laughs> I'm in a great place. And a lot of that is, is due to uh, the breakthrough moment that I have with Lucia, you know, in that class. I'm so glad that I did that. It was such an impulsive thing that I had not planned to do. And I'm, every day since, I've just been thankful that I did that. And I met you and you helped me. I was so close to finding what it was that I needed to hear to get me to the next level and, and that was it and you helped and I'm so glad we stayed connected and, and I was able to, to join you two today because this conversation has even been inspiring you know to me too I've, I've done a lot of the talking but I also think that's what you're you here guys, for Brian you're here to <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're here to listen and our audience is here to listen but I'm curious to know what is the one question you wished we had asked you that we haven't 
Um, you know, I, I wish that you had asked me something about what success really is. <laughs> that's that's a, it's a, a question that I, I always ask people, you know, what does success look like to you? And, and what's the most important thing to, to becoming successful? So what so does what success, success look <laughs> <laughs> like to you, Brian? And, and now, now we want to know. <laughs> so now I'm going to give you the answer to that. Um, for me, you know, it's not about becoming successful. It is about becoming the person you need to be to become successful. So whatever it is that you want, you have to become the person that will receive that. And I think we sort of touched around that, but I'm saying it directly now and, and on purpose. There's a certain mindset that you have to have to be whatever that is. If you want to be a billionaire, you have to accept certain things that come with being a billionaire. You're going to lose some friends that you have right now. You're not going to have as much time to focus on you know, family or your physical uh, health or things like that. You're going to have to give up a lot of things. So the things that you will give up to get what you want are so important. And the honesty that you have to have that I'm willing to give up this, this and this to be that. And a lot of times you'll go back and you'll revise your idea of success because you realize what you're going to have to give up, right? We, we all want to lose 12 pounds. And, but if that means I can't eat a piece of pie, Maybe do not. I really want it? You know? so, that could be a whole new podcast in itself, isn't it? Exactly. Because the way we all look at success and what we see from culture what we are supposed to consider success that quite frequently doesn't match up to what we personally consider success. Right. That, that is just mind-blowing. And it, it honestly could be a whole new episode to talk about. Let's just define success yes. and demystify yes. success. Exactly, exactly. I will listen if you guys do that podcast episode. I'll <laughs> sit with this one for now. <laughs> Can you sum up then, Brian, in one sentence, how you've made your life better? I have found my why and I am helping other people find theirs. And that is that is why I took the class where I met Lucia. That is why I do what I do every day. I'm just obsessed with helping people find a why and transform their lives. That is what I was put here for. I've been able to accept the fact that I connect with people very easily. It is something that I rarely meet someone who I don't find interesting and they don't find me interesting. So I'm using that superpower that I have, you know, to connect with people and, and help them have a moment of, of transformation. The gratifying part is when you know that they did, but the, I've accepted the fact that sometimes I will never know that I was a part of that moment. Someone might be talking about me on a podcast somewhere else right now. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. And that's fine. I'm fine. I was going to that. say, you may be somebody's Joseph. And you right. would here right. 10 years on talking in the podcast. Like, I really had a conversation with Brian McGee and he did this. Right. Boom. <laughs> I hope. That would be so gratifying to know. I know that you've been someone's Joseph. I hope yeah. so. I mm. hope so. I feel it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Brian, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you with us today. Listening to you once again makes you believe in, in the human being. So thank you for thank that. You. Thank, thank you, you so much. That. 
I I am sure people would want to connect with you after listening to you here. So we'll pop that on on the notes of the episode. But if you can let us know where they can find you, I'm sure they would love to click and connect. Absolutely. Brian McGee, last name is M-C-G-H-E-E. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at bmcgee8. So yes, I would love to connect with some people that, that hear this. Um, I want to meet some more interesting people like Fleur and Lucia. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being with us, Brian. It's been lovely. And to all of you listening to us this week, thank you very much for being with us one more week. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sharing the love and sharing the episodes that you think are interesting for yourself and so it could be for others. And please continue to do so. It really helps us. And if you haven't done so, please pop a review if you like what you're hearing so we can continue to be on the top charts on iTunes. And yes, please stay safe. Stay sane and we shall see you here next week. Thank you very much.